yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 uh, look, uh, ball playing, ball playing. No watching from the side. Said that you got him next. Well, go ahead and show What up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Up Next, the podcast where we tell you who's up next in youth sports. Um, so far, it's been all basketball, but we cover all sports. And we cover, like I said, Up Next. And we also cover uh, guys who've been through it, been there, done that. And that's what we got today. We got a special guest, Anthony Morrow, former NBA Hello. shooting guard. Golden with with Golden State, the Nets, Oklahoma Thunder, a couple other teams. He was a three point specialist. That's what most people knew him as. Uh, he's also a Georgia Tech product, originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. Was the two thousand four North Carolina Mister Basketball, uh, and most recently, probably seen him in the Big Three. And he also has his own podcast. It's the Life Podcast with him and Justin Jack, uh, Jared Jack's younger brother. What's up, man? What's up, Anthony? Oh, what's up, Jamal Khalid? What's up, bro? Thank y'all for having me on, man. And honor to have you, man. Of Thanks. course, the, my co-host, the, the man who makes it happen, Khalid Green. What up? Forgot to introduce my man. Oh, I, I, I'm yeah. not gonna be forgotten, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, man. I'm here, That's man. But I, I'm hype. I'm hyped to see my my bro on here, man. You know. Yeah. You know, yeah, Mister Ten Ten Year Vet himself, man, the sniper. So. We go, we go way back, bro. You already yes, know. That's, yes, what I was gonna, I was, that's what I was going to ask. You guys go way back. What, what's the story with that? Man, New Jersey Nets, man. Before before Brooklyn, man. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, man. a lot of losing, but my man was putting up numbers, so. <laughs> hey, man, somebody had to do it, man. <laughs> that's right. That's where my man Khalid used to be around giving the game, man, making yeah. sure everybody keep their head right. Yeah, kind of like a mentor to us and stuff like that, man. It was good. It was good, yeah. good having you around. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? my pleasure, my honor. Yeah, nah, good stuff, good stuff. So, so what what are you up to now? What 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 uh, you know, I know you got the podcast, but what other stuff are you doing? You still you still around the game? Uh, I got a training service. We got we started um AM two basketball training the AAU program. It's like a it's linked with my AAU team, Anthony Marr Elite. Um. And that's basically like kind of work they hand in hand. So we train the kids. COVID kind of messed it up. North Carolina still kind of locked down, but South Carolina's open. So we having the tournaments down there. And um then doing that, you know, for the past like three months, going down there and uh having tournaments uh at this new complex, this this like mega complex center they just built down there in, in South Carolina, in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Team pretty doing pretty well. Um, I had some really good players play. My little cousin Jalen Curry, um, fifteen, he's a sophomore. Got offered from Texas A and M to Florida State already. Mm-hmm. A couple other kids, you know what I'm saying. So just being like around the game like that, didn't necessarily want to coach. Um, didn't necessarily want to go do player development league. I mean, I appreciate the offers and stuff, but for me, it was just more about doing it on my own, like how I want to do it. Because right. the knowledge and the experience is there already. I'm like, I can give it back the way I want to. I don't have to beg for an NBA team or something, like, to have to associate what I know and what I want to do in my time. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if it makes sense, of course, I'm going. But for now, it's been it's been lovely doing that like that. Uh, got a clothing company called Own Sense of Style. And I had that around for about two years, just doing well. Um, it's fun, the creative side, you know what I mean? And uh, probably most importantly, just community work and philanthropy. 
I'm from West Boulevard, Charlotte, North Carolina. And, um, you know, it's a legendary area and it's one of the worst areas ever in Charlotte. And, you know, my foundation is based out of there, Anthony Mall Charities. Um, online is anthonymallcharities.org. And um, we just did it. The last thing we just did was a voters event. We got over 500 people registered to vote in my neighborhood, uh, like in my community in West right. Charlotte. Thanks, bro. And then we're going to do like two more kind of like block parties, um, like when voting actually opens up. So we're going to have like food trucks, um, DJs. So I'm going to have two, I'm going to do it in two different locations on West Charlotte. We're doing West Charlotte High, and which is where Jeff McGinnis went to school. You know Jeff okay. McGinnis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. West Charlotte High, and I'm going to do another one on West Boulevard where I'm actually from. And, uh, you know, we're going to have DJs, food. It's gonna be on hot one. I'm gonna be on on Halloween. We have candy for the kids. The other one gonna be October 29th, and um, at Renaissance West in October 31st at uh West Charlotte High School. You know, we just gonna have something. You can you can't be on the voting site, so you gotta be at least 100 yards away. But we are gonna right. be right there on that borderline. Cause <laughs> they say that boosts that boosts like voting, like uh the the, the voting percentage up like four or five percent. Okay. So I mean, it's gonna be fun, you know, and it's it's gonna be. You know, making an experience, man. Even though, you know, with early voting, everything went really smoothly. So we're gonna try and make sure, you know, able to do something to impact. We already got people registered. Now we wanna keep people there so they don't get discouraged just in case. Right. You know how they do the voter suppression and all that. You know what right. I'm saying? So right. keep people out there so they don't wanna leave when you get you know, and you know, just getting the camaraderie around it. So that's pretty at that and the kids, you know what I'm saying? that voter that voter uh, outreach is real because and and the fact you're gonna be right around there because they come in they come in re- strong with their voter suppression this year yeah man it's like a lot of crazy stuff bro it's like more crazy than you know i've ever seen in my life right. so you know but i i also feel like it's been a lot more people you know and sh- uh, shout out to the nba and, and some mm-hmm. of these some of these other guys and organizations with guys that have power and status and capital that right. have really been and in large voices that really been speaking out. You right. know what I'm saying? And really been like encouraging, you know, putting the owner's feet to the fire. Yo, y'all gotta give us this building. So people that can't vote on the West End, they can come to Phillips Arena, you know, I think it's still or whatever. Where the where the Hawks play at. Right. And some of these other cities and guys doing that too and teams. It's important, man. You know, because you know, I don't think I don't, I don't think it's ever been this much support and hope. You know what I'm saying? Even though we got all the stuff going on, it's it's crazy right now. The climate in America, obviously, with between the virus and social injustice and police brutality and all that, uh, you know, it's just it's just been more than ever the support. It's messed up, and it's sad to see how people go down. And the soldiers that have fallen from the hands of corrupt police officers, but I also feel like we're in like this black renaissance or something right now, like that we ain't never seen before. Yeah, you know, so so it's like it's 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 bittersweet, but I think we're taking advantage of it the way we're supposed to. Yeah, no question. Two parts can't share the same time. What do they say in physics? Two opposites can't share the same time in the same space. So yeah, yep. As one goes down, one one has to come up, and you know it's That's our time to come up. You know, exactly. um, yep. let's talk about your, your 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 career, man. Like you you went you went to Georgia Tech. What made you go to Georgia Tech? First of all, uh, I mean, I'm from Charlotte, so like 
you know, in North Carolina, it's kind of unspoken, but you either Duke or North Carolina. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the only school I ever wanted to go to was Chapel Hill, ever. That's the only school I ever wanted to go to. Um, I liked other schools. I liked Wake Forest. I liked Georgia Tech, you know, um, NC State, everywhere in the ACC. I just didn't – I didn't like Duke. I never liked it. I love right. Coach K. I just, right. you know, Duke fans get on my nerves. Like, yeah, I can, so like, I can, that's I can relate. It's I can like relate. cowboy fans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, uh, you know, I mean, um, so, you know, I, I had my four – I narrowed it down to my four schools. It was UNC, Charlotte, Tennessee, NC State, and Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech was my last official visit. That was I, It was the last of my official visits. And um, – you know, I got there, man. It was just like, you know, I liked the coaching staff. Um, coach Hewitt was cool. You know, the the coach that actually recruited me, he ended up leaving before I even got the tip. But I had such a great relationship and rapport with all of the other coaches and the, and the staff, and it just ended up being a great relationship. Then, you know, on my visit, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at these guys that just were primed. And they just went on that championship run. You know, the way they were about right. to, you know what I'm saying? And just to pick up, like, the way that they interacted with each other, like, everybody, I was like, this is like a real kind of family feel. And I right. can learn a lot because I'm playing, you know, at the time, all of the guys, all the guards were, like, on draft on the draft board. Jared Jack, Will Bynum, B.J. Elder, Ishmael Muhammad, you know what I'm saying? So right. it was just a lot of dudes that I felt like I could learn a lot from and I felt like they could take me under their under they wing, you know, and they challenge me. You know, on and off the court. So you know, I um, and you know the the distance because UNC Shaw was on there because I didn't want to leave home. My mom was like, mm. you know, you're gonna take them. Off. I'm not letting you stay here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And right. I was a number one recruit in the nation. Like right. they they was trying to keep. They could never keep nobody that right. was right. you know ranked or whatever. They couldn't keep none of us at home. Right. Steph, me, like uh, Casey Rivers, like a lot of guys. They just couldn't keep home. So. You know, my mom was just like, you know, that's not – I'm not letting that happen. And, um, you know, NC State, they were cool, but, you know, they they uh, they uh took my scholarship. They resented my scholarship one day, and then they put it back on the table at the end of the day. Wow. So I was like, I, I got to eliminate them. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on with that. Right, right. And Tennessee was cool because Buzz Peterson, my man, you know, you know, Carolina. Right. And, um, you know, it was just more – I went to – I went to – on my visit, it was fun. But it was just such a football school. Like, it's, it was crazy, you know what I'm saying, which is cool. But, you know, and then Georgia Tech, man, I, that my last visit, it was on my birthday. It just felt like everything felt right. So, In Atlanta. Uh, right. Yeah, Atlanta. In but see, Atlanta. <laughs> see, when I was – but see, that's when I wasn't looking at it like that. Cause, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, it's crazy because throughout college it wasn't like – like, we used to go to – we did what college kids did, go to 18 right. and up clubs. Like, right. we had no money. Only time we went to, like, the real nice clubs and the real popping clubs with all the superstars was when Jared and them come back. Right. And they say, look, come with us to the Velvet Room yeah. or something like that. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So, like, it was cool. But then, you know, when I when I got out, after my first year of Golden State, I remember I was driving around Atlanta one night. I was about to go pull up on my, uh, on my people. And I was like, hmm, this, this feels different. Than when I was in college, right, you know, right, your right. peace tree feel different. When yeah, you're driving yeah. Home, <laughs> got a little bit of paper. Five you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. yeah. I was like, oh, a whole lot restrictions different. or nothing. Like coaches right. ain't calling me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, sir. So, you know, yeah, man. But um, 
Yeah, man. Shout out to the to the AFC. Hey, that's yeah, yeah, for real, for real. That's why I met my, you know, my daughter's mother went to Clark. You know, my okay. daughter's twelve. She's still living in Atlanta. Okay. And uh, she playing volleyball. She out there okay. in Cobb County, man. She just made the school team and she made the club team, now the travel mm-hmm. team. Oh, we gotta give her a shout out, man. What's her name? Shout out to my baby Anaya, man, Mumu. Anaya, Mumu. She gets straight in. Anaya Morrow, aka Mumu. She okay. sounds sound like she might be up next. You know what I mean? Nah, yeah, she owned it too. I I went I surprised her at her first game. I went down there. And uh she looking good, man. We're gonna get her training. You know, she kind of raw right now. Right. But, you know, she love it though. She she competitive as hell. I, I didn't realize that until right. I got there and saw they lost and she was, you know, she was in a bad mood the rest of the day. But gotta have that. Like, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's a good a thing. thing. I'm like, I, I like that. that. Yeah. That's a great thing. So yeah, it's a blessing. How was so when you look back on it, your time at Georgia Tech, you know, I, you know, what do you what do you look back on? Like, what what do you think it did for you? I think for me, uh, it was it was more of a um, obviously it's a great school. You know, I'm blessed to be able to go to such a great school, reputation wise. But um, as far as basketball with Coach Hewitt, and I told I told every time I talked to Coach Hewitt, I tell him, like, you know, he challenged me. It was more than basketball; like, it was more mental, like. Because physically, everybody was in the gym. I knew I was working, you know what I'm saying? Like, working, like, all day, you know what I'm saying? And I knew that was going to pay off at some point. But it was more about the challenges he brought mentally. At the mm-hmm. time, you think, like, why he's saying that to me? Why is he messing with me? But it's just a microcosm of life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's more the examples. That's just one example of what's waiting for you after college. It's going to be a lot of stuff that represent what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Not saying he was maliciously doing it. I don't think so. But, you know, it's just like, you know, you got to be prepared to pivot. And you, you can't just depend on what somebody telling you to do. You got to make sure you putting the work in just in case. Because it was times where, you know, I had coaches basically like, and guidance counselors too, basically tell me like, you need to prepare for a job. I'm like, basketball my job. Well, I don't think you understand that. Like, I'm not going to be one, like, I'm not, I'm going to be multifaceted, right. but I'm like, I'm not doing all this for nothing. Like, you right. trick, you know right. what I mean? So, like, just that, like, okay, now I got to understand that if I don't believe in myself with this, these other people not going to believe in me, even if they saying they are sometimes. Right. You know, so I could respect, I could respect the ones that was like, you probably not going to get drafted. We, you're probably not going to play in the NBA. Like, you're going to be overseas or something. Like, what you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, but I know I'm stuck in this, like, mental grind where I'm not coming out of it just because one or two people don't believe. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it was more mental strength that I learned at Tech. Like, and it was great. I, I needed every every year, all four years, I needed all of them. Mm-hmm. And they really helped me transition to, you know, mentally being able to be behind the eight ball, not getting drafted, sticking around, staying focused. You know what I'm saying? Like my, my focus wasn't on what the dudes that got drafted focused were. Right. I was on a real mission. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I came in the league with some dudes that I ended up playing six, seven, eight more years than them. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I mean, they still the homies and everything, but I was like, bro, I just, I wasn't into the stuff you was into. Right. I mean, like, I, I knew it was going to be time for that, but it's different. It hit different when you, you know, like, you could be cut at any moment. 
my first mm-hmm. couple years in the league, you know, so it's just a mentality, man. Yeah, talk about that, man, because I, I don't think people know. Like, I, I've been around, you know, AAU. I'm I'm in deep in AAU and kids, you know, all yeah. kids talk about they're going to get drafted and this and that. But yeah. the other side of it is the real ones are the ones that I, I listened to Popeye Jones one time. He said, he said, oh, real ones know how to eat soup with a fork. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that sounds like some Popeye. Shout yeah, out to Popeye. That's my man, Popeye. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Popeye. So, Popeye, so talk about that, man. Cause that's a different type of mentality, perseverance, determination that goes into to making it and not getting drafted, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a different kind of focus, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, just a quick story, like an example of how I was on, like how I was on it mentally, like when I was my before my fr- my rookie year. Um, we had training camp coming up, probably like a week, something like that. So I ain't never been through no NBA training camp, obviously. I just know what college preseason was like. And I was like, it can't be harder than that. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, in my mind, I'm preparing for it to be like that. But I'm like, I don't think it's going to be the same. We got bets, you know, whatever. Right. So if you know anything about the Golden State Warriors facility uh, currently, I think now they're going to be in San Francisco. But what it was in the past was the practice facility was connected to the Marriott Hotel. So it was at the top of the Marriott Hotel. You know, of course, you had to have, like, clearance and all that to get up there. Right. Couldn't just go up there for whoever. So when I was – I didn't have no – I didn't have no apartment in there. So they put me and the other undrafted guy in a hotel. Right. So, you know, I ain't got money. <laughs> I'm not looking for no woman or nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm worried about my daughter back in Atlanta, you know, my lady, her mother at the time. And, you know, just basically getting used to the culture. I, I liked being in Oakland because it was such a different culture. It was a different, it was a culture shock from what I was used to, Charlotte, Atlanta, you know, Southeast. And um, I remember, like, I was like, you know, I would get up, you know, I would go to probably work out. I would practice. I'd play pickup, whatever we did, work out again, eat. Go take a nap, wake up at like 7 30, 8 o'clock, and go back to the gym. So I go back to the gym and lift, and then I get on the gun, the shooting gun, get like three, four hundred makes up, work on my handle or something, and then go back. You know what I'm saying? So I was doing that. Like I started, because I was doing it like maybe twice a week. Then I, I turned it up like three or four times a week because training camp was the next week. So one day I walk in the gym right. to like pick up or workouts or whatever. And Keith Smart and Sidney Moncrief come up to me. They're my assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, what right. the hell? Like, I ain't did nothing. Like, what's <laughs> up, man? Like, y'all finna cut me? Like, what? I ain't even started yet. Like, you know. So they like, look, you need to stop coming in here so much at night. So I'm like, how the hell y'all know I'm coming in here? So they point up, and it's all kind of cameras. I ain't realized that. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, right. look, you ain't never been through no NBA training camp. Don't burn yourself out. Like, mm. you working hard. We see what you're doing. You making – you turning heads. Like, right. just don't pressure or don't overdo it because you don't want to burn out in training camp and not perform how you want to. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I called my mom and I was like, look, the, man t- <laughs> the men told me don't come in as much at night. You know what I'm saying? I was in here getting it in. And then you turn around, wake up at 8 o'clock, we right back at it, you know. And – I was like, she was like, look, I'd rather, you rather them tell you chill out that you need to go harder. You right. see what I'm saying? 
Right. So like yeah. that was my mentality, you know, and then that led to the Jersey deal and the OKC, like just the longevity of it, you know. Right. Right. So, you know, a lot of dudes' mentalities, I just saw it was different. Like they want to go out, like, you know, I'm not saying I didn't go out and stuff like that, but like, you know, in the beginning, I was like, bro, I especially in the beginning, you know, and that that game, I gained the respect of all my vets early. Right. Especially Steven Jackson. Like Stack is like ain't no in between with him. He right. ride with you or he don't. You know what I'm saying? Like he's <laughs> right. gonna see how you give it up early right. and then he's gonna go from there and treat you accordingly. Right. And I respect that. You know what I'm saying? I learned a whole lot from him, man. And he, he took me on his wing, he brought me in one day and said, Look, bro, I got your back on everything. You know what mm. I mean? I remember it was like the day before you get cut. So you know you have the scrimmage in front of the fans. And uh I hope I ain't talking too much, yo. Nah, nah, man, yeah. it's it's great. So, all right. So <laughs> like you know, like the day before they have final cuts. So um, there was a guy named Rob Kerr. Shout out to Rob. That was my man, man. Uh, he was playing well in preseason, too. He was with the Warriors. So it was like the scrimmage in front of the fans the day before they make the final cut. So, I mean, my, we was scrimmaging, having fun. They was making the rookies dance and all this goofy stuff. And, uh, you know, I was at the scores table, and it might have been like the third quarter of the game. And me and Stack was at the scores table together. And he was on the opposite team. And I said, Stack. I said, man, I mean, I had been thinking about this all day, all the night before, couldn't sleep. Right. I'm like, man, I, you know, you put it all in all that work. Absolutely. I say stack. I say stack, man. He was like, what's up? I was like, hey, man, they're going to cut me. Um, He was like, well, you made the team. They been knew you made the team. You good. They're going to cut Rob tomorrow. And it <laughs> just, lit. I was like, bro, you have no idea. Nah, I was like, all right, cool. He's on, he's on the other team cool. now. He's on the other yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, he was on the other team. We was just going, we was going back into the, we was both subbing back into the Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I just like stacked, like, yo, <laughs> like, what they gonna do, man? They gonna, like, don't let them cut me, man. <laughs> he was like, he's like, well, you been made the team. They just ain't tell you yet. Right. He was like, nah, they gonna cut Rob tomorrow. So it just, I was like, I was being cool, like, all right. But in my mind, I'm like, man, the weight that right. just lifted off my, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I remember I, uh, then I, uh, the next day I went in and Rob wasn't there and they, uh, you know what I'm saying? Coach Don Nelson, you know, they give you the rookie, made the team, all that. Everybody was cheering. It was cool, man. It was it was cool. It's like what you see like on hard knocks or something like that. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? It's like some right, TV right. type stuff. Right. But it was cool though, bro. Real cool. So let me let me uh let's let's go even further back, right? When uh when did you start playing? And also, you know, I just you know, from watching you play your J. It's always seemed like very like were you, were you born with that? Because that's most people who got a, a J like that. I feel like they, they you born with that, like the strong. I mean, I, nah, I mean, I wouldn't say born with it, but uh, I always tell people, I always shout my cousin out, you know, um, Ron Trees Morrow, and nicknamed Bam Bam Bam. Shout out to so Bam. Like, <laughs> Bam, out to Bam Bam man Bam Bam because so he uh he went to Myers Park played at Myers Park High School, which is a really good basketball program now. And, uh, you know, I just hang with him a lot. You know, I, I, anytime, like, we all grew up in the same hood, Little Rock Apartment. So, you know, I used to always hang out and want to be around him because he had all the Michael Jordan tapes, all the NBA superstar tapes. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know where he was getting them from, but I used to be like, can I, I just want to watch it. I don't even need to take it home. So he used to let me watch the tapes, watch the games. We used to watch NBA games together. And, you know, he used to, he wasn't even a great shooter, 
I just remember seeing him play one time and he had like 28. And I thought he was going to the league. I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? Right. And he wasn't a great shooter, but his form was beautiful. You know right. what I'm saying? And he used to give me tips when I was like nine, 10 years old, like, yo, get the seams right. You know what I'm saying? Work on catching and finding the seams quick as possible. Mm. Um, it was mechanical stuff. Beef, keep balance eyes, elbow, follow through. Like right. he really taught me the meaning of that. Balance, you know, just little stuff. And you know, he say, yo, take your basketball when you at at night when you when you uh in the bed laying on your back. Get like two hundred of these. That's gonna that's gonna strengthen your wrist. Mm. You know what I mean? So he's like, you gonna be able to shoot different. Yeah, you gonna be you gonna be able to shoot from longer distance than your peers. Yes. And I just I just took it serious. I don't know. I just I think I say around like twelve, like around thirteen, twelve or thirteen. I start realizing like, oh, these dudes. I shoot better than like all these dudes <laughs> at my right. age. Right. And you kind of like mix that in with the mentality that I grew up with, like, you know, that hood mentality that's like, right. when you hooping, it's like competitive, it's like war, like we at each other. Because right. you and your neighborhood playing against your, your friends and that's how we going at people, you know what right. I'm saying? So I just kept that, like that was natural right there. That was more natural right. than my jump shot. Okay. You know, that edge, that having that edge, you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, so I think that, you know, when I, now I was 13, I was playing for the Charlotte Nets. I think I had like 71, 65 or something like that. I might hit like 13 or 14 threes. And then people start seeing like, oh, now nah, he working. He worked on it. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? So I think it's like, it it came natural, but I'm glad and I'm blessed to learn the things I learned from Cuz early. It really like, right. it, I, I, he, he broke it down to where I could explain. I mean, I could translate it to actually doing it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't no complicated stuff. That's why I tell people now with training, like, bro, ain't no reinventing the wheel. Like, some of this stuff I see on Instagram is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, Real y'all are cool, confusing man. these kids. That's bad. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, what? Give me, give me, give me an example. Give me an example. Man, it's just some of the. I can't even think of anything specific. Mm-hmm. It's like some of the drills I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, when is he gonna do that in the game? Like, right. y'all got. I see, I can understand like cones and. uh you know the the the, the pads when you're trying to work on finishing at the right. rim, mm-hmm. but some of this other stuff, I'm like, bro, that don't make no sense. Like that would never be near a basketball goal. Like that would never be yeah. in a gym. Why do you have that in the gym? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, why is that kid doing that? Right. You know. So it's just like it's like they training you know. to be globe trotters instead of ballers, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what you trying to do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like some of this, some it's just, you know, I like when I when I say like when we were training. Um, you know, I I told like, I tell people parents, and I tell the kids, I'm like, look, I'm finna let you do what I do, what I did that worked for me. Right. You right. know, it ain't you know some of the drills you gonna have to get older, like you gonna have to be more advanced. Some drills aren't for other kids, whatever. Every, every kid not the same. But I'm like, I got the blueprint for all of it. Facts. You know what I mean? Yep. So, you know, man, I think it was more natural of the mentality than it was. You know, I had to work on that every right. day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Do you do you think like with the new with social media now, and and kids liking each other and all of that, you think that there's a that the edge is not there anymore as far as playing competing in AAU basketball? No, I wouldn't say that. I think the edge is there still. Um, it's just different now, you know. Like 
and me and my brother go back and forth, my older brother, who actually uh, puts my teams together for, for – he put the roster together for the team. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he's an old school dude, man, so he don't understand none of this ranking, <laughs> Instagram highlight stuff. Like, he ain't right. none of that, you know. Right. We talk every single day about this. Like, and we in group chats with some of his older homies. So it's like my generation is right before under theirs. Right. So I got to hear all of them talk junk now about the <laughs> younger generation now. And I'm like, bro, it's, it's different, man. Like, yeah. you know, like, I'm like, first of all, they, a lot of them didn't have, uh, they didn't have like what I had. Like my people, like my older people, like they was hard on us. You know what I'm saying? Hard. Mm -hmm. Like they was going at you. They wasn't giving you no advantage. You weren't really getting compliments ever. <laughs> right. You just had to, you know, it was like, because, you know, these kids play up now because so many more teams. If you was able to play up when you was young, like my generation, you was cold. Right. About 14 playing with the 16-year-olds one weekend in AAU. And I'm like, cool. I want to play with the 16-year-olds. Like, I'm going to go at them. And then when I got to go back to play with these 14-year-olds, they don't stand a chance. Right. You know, so when kids don't think like that now, they just stay within their lane because they want to be, they want to have highlights and stuff. And, you know, I just, I just, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hold a lot of, I wouldn't, like I said, I don't think it's the edge because it's some, it's some of them young boys, like, I'll be telling, I'll be telling my brother, I'm like, look, bro, a lot of these kids you see that's ranked high, they're not that good, but they think they are and their parents definitely think they are better right. than what they really are, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. I say, but you got to also understand that it's some of them dudes that got, what we like our traits and they killers you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying mm -hmm. so like that's why you can't just dismiss all of them right like you got to nurture all of them the same way but you got to know how to communicate with them because they didn't have what we had right you know what i'm saying right. so it's just a it's a it's a balance but and then it's all about evaluating the players and who's evaluating the players right. some of these dudes don't deserve to be evaluating these kids because it's I mean, from what I take money sometimes, right. you know, you, you, you want a relationship with the parent, like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's some goofy stuff going on too. So you just got to go and do it the right way to, as best as you can. You know, that's how I look at it. So right. when you were coming, when you were coming up in Charlotte high, in high school, like, did you play four years varsity? Um, you know, what was, what was the scene like in Charlotte? Who were, who were some of the, some of the other guys that you were, you were going up against? Uh, okay. So my, Freshman year originally, because I was young. Like in, in the ninth, my first year in ninth grade, I was supposed to be like in eighth grade. So I went to South Mecklenburg High School, um, and I played JV. So the coach was like, you know, I never played ever. Like I never got in the game. Ever. <laughs> it was crazy. Like win, lose, blowout, whatever. Wow. Never. So um, you know, I had this tutoring program that I had that I used to take and it used to sometimes uh, run at the same time as JV practice. So I would have to practice with the varsity, you know what I'm saying? Right. Which was crazy. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to do this. Like they fast, big, strong, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, keep in mind, I'm supposed to be in the eighth grade though. So I'm like extra skinny. Like I'm, a, you know, I'm like six, one, whatever, maybe six, two, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, so, Coach, I asked him, like, Coach, why can't – because keep in mind, I'm playing against all these dudes on my team and these dudes on these other teams 
at the YMCA, at the rec, in the park. Like, I'm playing against them, and they know I can hoop. Right. They're like, bro, why you don't ever get in the game? What you do to the coach? I'm like, I don't do nothing, bro. He just don't play me. Right. Like, so I asked him one day. I'm like, coach, like, keep it real. It's it's after our game, and the varsity's playing now. So I put him to the side. I'm like, coach, why can't I? Like, what's up, man? Like, I can't ever play. Like, what I need to work on? I'm not even on no play me. I'm like, what do I need to work on? He was like, what you think you do with? And I was like, I can. I said, I think, I mean, I said everything, basically. <laughs> like, rebound, I can play defense, like, knowing I'm – and I was like, I can shoot, I can score. And he was like, you're not good at none of that. I'm like, none? Like, I play against and with these guys. They know I can play. Right. Like, AAU, I'm, you know what I'm saying? He was like, nah. He was like, I don't see it. He was like, I can't. I, I, like, you'd be lucky if you play varsity next year. Like, you need wow. to work on everything. You're not strong enough. You need to grow a little bit. You need to get strong like he like scoffed at me, you know what I mean? So I went home. My mom was already frustrated with Charlotte Mecklenburg school system, as she should have been. Mm-hmm. And I went home and told her about what Coach said, and she got, you know, she was like, don't let that discourage you. She was like, I'm getting you out of that school anyway because I just don't – the school side of it is number one for me, and I'm not – I can't let you, like, stay in this system of mediocrity because they don't really care. They just want to pass you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they just give you a C and say whatever, whether they look at it or not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So she took me out, and we was looking for another school, and I ended up going to Charlotte Latin. A partner of mine at the time and his mom, he was there, a black kid. And, uh, you know, they were more, more well off. And uh, I was close with them. And he ended up getting kicked out of school. But he, like, they would su- they suggested, like, yo, you should come try to get in Latin. So we went to take the placement test. And I met my my high school coach, Jerry Fallon. Shout out to Jerry Fallon, legendary coach okay. here in Charlotte, North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we had to talk. Like, you know, it was like, it ain't about basketball. It's about academics. I want you to go to college for free. Your mama ain't got to pay. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't even know if I passed his placement test. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I mean, I had never been around that many white people at one time. Like, you know, it was just <laughs> right, like, right. like, you know, just a culture thing. Because I'm, right. I'm thinking like as a 14-year-old. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. So, I ended up getting in through the grace of God. My my, my freshman year, I didn't play a lot because coach was big on seniority. You know, him and Dean Smith and Roy Williams was real close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was on the seniority, you know, old school, which was cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The guy in front of me was a really, really good player, Brian Canelli, And he ended up getting hurt for like six or seven games, and I was starting. We playing well. You know, probably I was like 14, you know, as a freshman or whatever. It was cool, 15, something like that, in that span. He came back. I went back to the bench. And then I remember, like, that summer, I played AAU, I think. No, I didn't play AAU. That's the first year my mama took me out of AAU because Coach Faulkner said, he need to, we know what he need to work on now. He don't need to play AAU. Mm. So in my mind, I'm like, wow, like, I can't play. Like, now right. I, I didn't play a lot in a year. Now I can't right. play with the – I got to play with the homies. I'm not going to come out the game. Right. I'm finna have a 50 in the summertime. Like, <laughs> right. I'm going at everybody. You know what I'm saying? So they, like, convinced me. Like, well, I, I wasn't. They didn't convince me. I was trying to convince them to let me play. They was right. like, no. Right. So that was probably the, one of the biggest summers of my life because mm-hmm. shout out to assistant coach Donnie Fullwood. Really great brother. Like a, kind of like a mentor to me, too. And, um, you know, summertime, he would – I was living on the west side, so 
from Latin, that's like 30 that's like 35 minutes or something like that. Okay. So he was coming to get me in the in the summertime when everybody playing AAU. He was coming to get me every day. All the way to my house, all the way to Latin, hour and a half on the weights, hour and a half on the court. You know what I'm saying? So I learned really how to work out that summer. Because I right. didn't really know how to work out. We just go hoop every day. You know how that go. Right. So I'm learning how I'm learning uh basket like ball handling drills, you know, that I'm I'm feeling like they, they working. You know what I'm saying? It's getting better. It feels more comfortable. Coming off screens, mm. different ways, footwork stuff, you know what I'm saying? Floaters, different shots, you know, just I learned how to really work out. And mm. I, I credit a lot of that to Coach Food with, you know what I'm saying? And um, you know, I grew a couple inches, so I might have been about six four. So going into going into my sophomore year, yeah, my sophomore year. So I had all summer of that. And then of course, still hooping at the YMCA's and all this stuff. Excuse me, and at the Rex and Park, whatever. Just not AAU. So I go into my sophomore year and first game I had like twenty five, like mm. ten rebounds or something. So now people like kind of grew like you know what i'm saying like right. look different and i didn't look back bro i didn't look back and it was just from then on i understood my routine was in my routine like i, I don't a lot of 14 15 year olds wasn't working out like that right you know what i'm saying not where i'm from so right. i knew i had something that they didn't have and that boosted my confidence even more right so, wow talk, talk won about two state that. championships oh you won two states Back to back, junior year, senior should have won three. Sophomore year, we got knocked off in the first round. Nice, but uh, yeah, man, it was, it was cool, man. I, I, I love it. Talk, talk about your uh. Now, a lot of people don't know, but you had your first start in the league, man. How big oh, were yeah. your eyes? How big were your eyes? You dropped. I looked at the stats. You dropped thirty-seven and had fifteen for twenty from the field and eleven mm -hmm. rebounds, man. Talk about that yeah. night, man. It's crazy because I didn't even know I was going to – I didn't know I was starting until, like, the day of the game. Because, like, I, I want to say uh, – I forgot who it was, but they got hurt or they didn't play or something like something like that. So they had to switch the lineup. So, you know, I had been in the grind. I had been working. Coach knew I was, what, what I had going on. You know what I mean? I, uh, actually, like, I went out the night before. Like, I was with the team. We all went out the night before. But like I wasn't like drinking or nothing in like that. So I remember just being out, coming back to the room, playing Xbox, good night rest, wake up, had shoot around or whatever. Everything was cool. It was an early game. So we had to have like the the early like kind of makeshift shoot around, not like the real when you got like a night game. And uh just a couple hours for the game. Don Nelson, Coach Don, shout out to Coach Don Nelson was like, Hey Rook, you started. And then he just went back to talking about what he was talking about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, all right. You know what I mean? So uh, I remember I was going Catino Mobley. He's Catino's so good, especially back then. It's 2008 Catino yeah. Mobley. Yeah, man. So, you know, I don't really understand. Like, I don't even really understand the full concept of NBA defense versus college defense. So I'm out there just, like, trying to figure all that out. Catino ice on me. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> I remember I had like, I think I hit like a, I hit like a, had like a layup, I had like a mid-range jumper, and then I hit like another jumper, 
Now, Catino scoring on me on the other end, too. Right. <laughs> so, like, I hit, like, my first three shots or something like that. And then they called. It was like a stoppage in play. We was up a lot. Like, we was up, like, maybe, like, 18 to 4. Or, I don't know, 18 to 6. Catino had all their points at that point. So, I come. They call a timeout. I come to the bench. I'm like, good. Had been feeling good. Great. That, that day, everything. Workouts. Right. Um, so, I sit down, and uh, they're like, yeah, Rook, you going, blah, 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 blah. They're telling me, like, keys, like, force him right because he left. He was just stuff like that. So, Don Elson come back, and uh, he talks to us in the huddle. He calls a play. We come out the huddle. He called a play. I get the ball, and I run the play. So, stack on the bench. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was like, what the fuck you passed the ball for? You just scored three in a row. Right. He called another, it was another timeout, and he going in on me. What the don't pass that? You just hit three in a row. Don't right. worry about no play. Hey, go at him. <laughs> and they gave me. A, I, I was like, I was like, I got you, I got you. When they gave me a lot of comments, like, oh, stack right. saying that. Everybody gonna listen to that. You know. What right. I mean? So I come out. I'm breaking plays now. <laughs> Pull up jumper. Then catch a catch a shoot. Another catch a shoot. I look up. I got like 14. So I'm like, damn. It's like okay. the first quarter. So I'm like, okay. Second quarter, more of the same. Third quarter, I'm in a groove now. Like I'm like, yeah, I got you. Bow. You know what I'm saying? So when I look up, it's like I got like 32 or something like that. And then I remember I got like an and one. And by this time, I'm like not really – I don't really I'm, – I'm realizing that the Clipper fans are cheering for me. You know what I mean? Right. So we have a bunch right. of fans, like Golden State fans everywhere – Especially, you know, in, in California. But mm-hmm. I'm noticing, like, they cheering. Like, it ain't just Golden State fans. I get the and one. I dapped up Ronnie Turiel. And I hit the free throw. And and then I hit, like, another jumper or something. And then looked up and they was like, I didn't even know how many points I had. I didn't even know how many points I had. I ain't know nothing. I was in a zone. I was locked in, in bro. Hey. Like, yeah, it was, it was crazy, bro. Like, when they was at, like, because after the game, it was like, you know, I felt good doing interviews and all that. And then, um, you know, they, 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 the reporter guys had to tell you, like, yo, you had 37. I was like, damn. In my mind, I'm like, shit, I had 40. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Right. laughs> got to go hard, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is how I was thinking right, right. Yeah, I'm like, man, shit, I had 40, bro. So then, like, uh, the funny thing, it was funny because I, I still talk to my homie CJ Watson. Shout out to CJ Watson. Oh, what's up, uh, CJ? Yeah, yeah, CJ, my man. So I remember, uh, I remember, like you know, you shower, you come out the shower, and you know, my back turned to like the media. So I'm not, I haven't, the media ain't talked to me about nothing up until this point. So I'm not even acknowledging them. Right. I'm getting, I'm talking to CJ beside me. I'm like putting on my stuff, and we talking, laughing a little bit, and then uh, remember I turned around, I was gonna walk to the bus. You know, a PR guy came, whoa, 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 you got to talk to them. I was like, oh, they for me today. It was like, it's about 20 people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they was laughing about it, like, you know, just like stuff like that, man. It's like, it was cool. And uh, getting back on the, um, we were in LA, flew back to the Bay. I remember my man Marcus Williams, his homie Tyrus was his like right hand man. Marcus wasn't at the house. I, I remember I got back, I dropped my bag. We always go hang out at Marcus' house. And uh, it was just me and Tyrus. 
So Tyrus had watched the game. He looking at me like, bro, you was going crazy. So I'm like, yeah, man, like shit, I was in the zone, dog. He like, nah, dog, like that's crazy. Like you, you ain't even, you hadn't really played. Right. Like, was, you know, I'm in the gym, bro. I felt, you know. So you sit down and then we turn on ESPN. I wish he was here too, because he's funny as hell. <laughs> he still bring this up. He he still bring this up. And I, I we turn on like ESPN, and right when they put it on ESPN, it's like a picture of me in like high school, college, you know, because my 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 career high at Tech was like thirty one, mm-hmm. you know, and like my brother used to, he still to this day brings up like how much Coach Hewitt used to sub so much you couldn't really like you it's a lot like thirty one at Tech back then that's a lot yeah Coach Hewitt, it's yeah, like yeah. fifty. Right, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because because most coaches will just say like, especially in that time, I used to I used to be I used to be jealous of, of the homies, not for real jealous, but I used to be like, all the dudes that was guards, like they never come out the game. Right, these dudes. That's why they averaging twenty twenty two. Right, you know what I'm saying? He averaging twenty five. Like, right. I got one. If I hit three shots, leave me in the game, bro. Right, you know what I right. mean? So that's it was just a philosophy. <laughs> yeah, you know. But a lot of dudes go through that. I wasn't trip. I was like, man, we gotta be efficient. So I think that also take the silver line and look at it like it helped my efficiency playing like that in college. Right. Because Don Nelson is like, I, if you, he used to say, hey, if you pass up another open shot, I'm finding you. Like, I'm going to find you like $1,000, which is a lot for me. I'm like, I ain't, you know, you got it like them. <laughs> look, he said, but he used to do that. He used to find you if you, you catch it in the corner and I scissor my feet when I kick, like when I shoot, you know, before you, I catch, I scissor my feet to get my feet right. Right. And if you in a corner, if you know, y'all know basketball, you in a corner, you can step back and step out of bounds. That's mm-hmm. right. If you did that, he would find you a thousand dollars. Oh wow. Like he just was like that. You know, but I mean it it was cool, man. But yeah, it was uh it was dope, man. That's great. That's kind of like I feel like that's almost was like a theme for you. Like like you were just capable any given night of just going off. Like like yeah. whether you you started or not, it was like mm-hmm. you know, you were the type of dude that you just wind up with 30 plus like oh okay you know yeah. is, that, is that like a you feel like that was like your mentality had something to do with that or what well, you know how, how did how, how did you just navigate it like that no nah, man it was mentality bro like for real like i i you know i had some great great mentors i still got my thank god for him charlton young of florida state he was a head assistant. That's my man, C.Y., my man. Yeah, yeah C.Y. C-Y. <laughs> like, C.Y. did so much for me. He used to, he had these quotes I still use, and I use them with the youth now, like the youngest. You know, I would get mad. Coach take me out of the game. Coach yelling, coach on my ass in practice. You got to do this, blah, blah, And I would go to C.Y. like, man, why you always on, blah, blah, I'm tripping. And he's just looking at me like, you done. You got a bite-sized mind, son. You got to supersize your mind like a Snickers bar. Like, yeah, all these, like, analogies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, see why, baby. Yeah, you know, you know see why. You know. Like, yeah, all yeah. These, like, analogies and stuff like that that, like, it stuck with me. So, like, by my senior year, he was really – because see why I always – he'll tell you right right now, like, I had to strip you down because you thought you was good. I made you a pro. But it was here. You know what I mean? Like, you had a heart, work ethic. I just I had to – help you navigate you know what i'm saying right right. so you know it was more it was more mental with that man and it was it was like he's like look just be efficient Mm -hmm. like you in the gym you can't you can't control how you shoot every night that's offense like you got to control your mentality every day that's right and it's not just basketball you know what i'm saying so like 
that was like the main the main thing, man. Like, so when I come into games and you know, he like, look, it don't matter if you start, come off the bench, whatever. You know what I mean? And he was like, you put the work in, just go out there and play. You can't control that other stuff. Control what you can control. You control your work ethic. You control your focus. You control your attention to detail. Right. And you did your job for the day. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get an effort. Like, everybody, you know what I mean? Like, so um, that was, like, extremely imperative. Coach Charlton Young um, was huge in terms of the efficiency, you know, just the, the the mental toughness. You know, he was he was really big on that. And also, like, you know, I never really cared if I started. I came off the bench. Like a lot of guys was, you know, really concerned about that. And it's more ego. I'm like, what does it matter? Right. That's how. That's why I always I always shout out my brother, my homie, my partner Lou Will. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because he always been like this. Like people don't know. Like it, people know he was. He came out of high school, so he was cold, obviously. Right. But I remember when we was. I mean, we was like nine or ten. I think I might be like a year older than Luke. So he might have been like nine, and I might have been like ten or eleven or something. And I remember watching him in AAU, and I was like, "Cause different for a kid. <laughs> he played like he played now. I mean, right. tell people he he has played the same right. way since we were little kids, bro. You know what I'm saying? And uh Wait, little baby. you know, man, just his mentality. Yeah, man, Lou Willville. I can Living actually envision that. I can envision a, a 10 year old Lou Will. He's been a bucket. <laughs> yeah. Bro, he, he, like he been like that. You know, we had we had the same agent, you know what I mean? So like, you know, we spent a lot of time together over the years, man. Played together in Atlanta. Um, you know, obviously just being in Atlanta, you know, hoop scene and all that. But he uh like he he I I told him, I was like, man, you I'm gonna keep it real, dog. Like you and Kurt, like you inspire me. He's like, what you mean? I was like, nah, man. Like he probably don't remember this, but I was like, because I'm gonna come off the bench more years than I'm not. Mm-hmm. And when I see what you're doing, it makes me keep the mentality that I need. Cause it don't matter if he's shooting well or not. He's not compromising his game. Like he gonna be him. Right. And I always thought that was like admirable for him to be, you know. Well, he didn't get six man a year this year. They gave it to Trez, tre- right? Yeah, Trez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He could have gave it to Lou. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that's good. That's good. He's always right there. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's been top two. He, are he gonna get it for like ten? I don't know how many years it's been. Yeah. So like, you know, I told him I'm like, man, that's that's a that's a that's a special thing. That's a special skill to have mentally to think like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And still be efficient and still win six men of the year and be in the conversation every single year for that. I'm like, bro, I, I, I admire that, cuz. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's dope. Indeed. So you're doing the AU, uh, you know, training stuff now. Mm-hmm. And you know, you mentioned you mentioned before, you know, you don't you don't really like you know all the things that everybody's doing as far as the AU culture now. But as a whole, when you know, through you know, you're part of it now. How do you view the scene? Like, do you think do you think it's helping kids for the most part? Do you think AU is an issue? Or what? Yeah, that's, that's like it's some it's some pros and some cons. I say it like that, and I'm not saying I'm like just coming in reinventing the wheel because I know I'm not. But just for an example, like you know, I look at AU and it may be a little bit of an extreme because I talked to my agent about this because he runs the Atlanta Celtics. Mm. You know, what I'm saying I believe he still runs the Atlanta Celtics, and um, you know, like I, I just look at it like you got these these 
this system, I feel like, where you Zion up here and you're not going to pay for anything. You know you're going to be one and done. Cool. You go to any camp you want, you got to pay no. You got kids down here that aren't good. Parents got a lot of money. Pay for them to get in these camps. Then you get kids in the middle, don't really get the opportunity, may not be Zion, but definitely ain't as bad as some of these other kids, and they don't get the opportunity because it's not getting paid for, but at the same time, they mamas and them not, they may not can't afford to get them into the camp where if they got into the camp, they would be at the eye, like the eyes would be on them, you know, versus just this gap. But it's not that extreme, don't get me wrong, but it's for the most part that because I've been watching it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So my team, my brother, we look for like those middle kids and we pay for the tournaments so that they can just come showcase themselves. And a lot, what I see is those kids go super hard. Like them boys diving on the right. floor. They be putting it all on the line because they're like, man, I don't know if I'm ever get this. They said Georgetown was watching, streaming the game. They said Carolina here. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, so it's like that for me. That's my my role. That's what I. That's my approach with the AAU, because it's a lot of silly stuff going right. on that I don't put up with. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it's pros because if you're approaching it the right way and your heart in the right place to help kids for real, I think that's great. The cons, obviously, a lot of these coaches don't really care. A lot of them taking money. A lot of them buying kids, putting they mm-hmm. risking they they their eligibility, putting it on the line. You know what I'm saying? So like. It's that goofy stuff that I'm like, we ain't moving like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's it's pros and it's cons. And it's more like, like I told my brother, I was like, bro, you got to understand the rules have changed. We grew up, I played for the Charlotte Nets. Um, I remember they that. They had three. They had three. We had three major, really three, only three programs. The Charlotte Aces, the Charlotte Royals, and the Charlotte Nets, you know. And then like the Charlotte Stars came and they were that's Stephen Curry and them who that's like the younger, they was a little younger though. But that was they came a little later. But it was the, the, the Aces, the Royals, and the Nets. Right. And if you couldn't make one of them teams, you just playing rec league, bro. Mm. Like you playing rec league and church leagues and stuff. You just it was so much talent on them teams because it was so little options. Right. But now it's like not even I mean, you can just make a team, like it's a million teams now. <laughs> so they changed the rules. Because, like, back then, if you was with the Nets, you couldn't play for nobody else if y'all lost. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all lost in high point or a pool play or somebody that you didn't qualify. If they, they end up changing the rule to, like, you can take two players off a team and put them with another Charlotte team to go to the Nationals. So, one year, we lost with the Nets, and the Royals said, yo, we want Ant. They asked my mama. And my mama had just gotten into it with them folks, so she probably was being petty. <laughs> so she was like, she was like, yeah, he going with the Royals to, to Cocoa Beach, Florida. You know what I'm saying? So and I thank God for that because I didn't want to stop playing. I knew we weren't going to make the Nationals the next day. Right. And I ended up staying with them for a couple years. And then I went back to the Nets. And then, um, you know, it was just like, you know, it was, it was, yeah, man, it was, it was cool. I think it's pros and it's cons. But I think, um, you know, I, I like, the, my, my brother hates the fact that, one weekend the kid can play for us, and the next weekend he goes to another team. The next weekend he want to play for us again, yeah. and he's like, "I don't want him back. That's disloyal." I'm like, "Bro, that's the rules. Like, yeah. it's cool now. It's not like back in the day. Like, you got to adjust to some of this stuff." So, yeah. you know, but I, I get it. You know, I, I you know, I, I don't really blame him. I get it. I'm just like, "Bro, calm down." But 
it's pros and cons, man. You know, it's cool. So, you, so, so basically, you look at it like you try. You're trying to give kids an opportunity. Kids who, who may not have been seen. You try, that. That's who you focus on. Kids who are you feel are you know are good enough, but just need to get in front of people. Yeah, that's my. That's like the target, but it's not just limited to that. Right, right. Like right. we had a couple kids play. Like my little cousin, I told you, uh, Jalen Curry played for me. He played for me, and he played up. So he's 15. He played with the 17. And the first weekend, he, this is, like, important to me, too. But let me say this. Because I had another kid that played for me that's the, his age, too, that played well. Um, Aiden Holloway. We call him Biscuit. We're going to follow uh, him. We're going to follow him on the ground. Yeah, check, check my little homies out, man. Check out your know, little cousin, Jalen Curry, and Aiden Holloway. And, uh, you know, I just stressed it because I got a great relationship with the parents, all of them, you know. Okay. They can reach out. I'm going to always communicate with them over, you know, whatever. And Jalen was 15. He played up with my I'm, – I'm 17 and up, like under, like a showcase. But I tell the youngins, if they're good enough, come play because I ain't going to take you. I'm going to let you rock. Come right. let these 17-year-olds beat up on you, and you go out there and go at them in front of Ohio State or right. Michigan or something. Like, you don't know what could happen. That's right. He played for me. He played for me. Friday through Sunday had a, had like a 40-point game with like 12 assists, had another 25 and 8, another 22 and 14. And and it's against 17 and up. Like some of these what dudes is have <coughs> – this is Jalen Curry, my little cousin. And he's what year? He, he's a sophomore now. He had wow. Combine Academy with a two-shot. Wow. Well, Jeff McGinnis. Those are and, bro – that was that weekend by Wednesday, Texas A&M off them. You know what I mean? The next – he come back the next weekend and kill. By Thursday, he on – you know what I'm saying? Florida right. State. Right, right. You know, off them. So, like, you know, and Biscuit came and played. He got Virginia taking Syracuse off them. These boys mm. 15 years old. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I encourage that a lot. The, the young boys. Absolutely. Play up, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because we didn't have – when I was like I said, I'm 14. You get to play with the 16. Sometimes practice with them. If you got to practice with them, you was nice, right? You know what I'm saying. So you know, I probably played. That probably happened like once or twice where I actually played up. 15, played with the 17. You know what I mean? Right. And um, you know, I just I I encourage that man for real yeah. because our play up wasn't really AAU. It was just that we played at the rec and at the YMCA with grown men. Right, right, right. You get, they let you come over to that main court at the YMCA and let you get down. You were you nice. nice. Yeah, yeah right. the homies come in white, like, damn, cuz out there with them. Right. Yeah. And that was when it was like, you might catch anybody. David Wesley from the Hornets, Baron mm. Davis. Mm. You might catch a couple Chapel Hill dudes in there, UNC Charlotte. And mm. you up there getting down with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? You get respect in the hood. And I go, I'm like, man, look, y'all want to go back to play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all can't see. You know who I just came up the court with? Y'all right. boys don't stand a chance when we get back over there, boy. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. It's some pros and cons, man. It's cool. So yeah. With the, yeah, so with the young boys, you're talking about, um, I mean, you've been there, done that. You know what I'm saying? You mm. you, di you did it. Everybody, yeah. you know, when they, they 14, 15, that's, that's where they, they trying to just get to the league. You, mm -hmm. you did that. You, you did it unconventional way. Still, yeah. still in the league 10 years. What advice do you mm -hmm. give those kids now who, who got a little bit of shine, um, but they only 14, 15, they got a long way to go. Man, I tell them, um, that's a great question too, because I have to have these conversations. I tell them, like I tell a little cousin, I say, look, man, 
Got to stay humble. Got to stay hungry. You know what I mean? Gotta, you got to keep your grades right. You got to keep the pressure off your mama. You know, she got, you know, you got to be proactive. I tell these kids, Makai Grant um, here in Charlotte, his mom is actually one of my closest friends. His dad was my best friend growing up in Kings Park, and he passed away. God bless his soul. But, you know, I'm in his life now almost like a godfather type figure. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he was getting into it. He's also right. He got NC State off for 6'9". 210 bounce pogo stick like just athletic and and skilled for his for his age and size 16 years old you know i tell him i tell all of them i'm like man keep the pressure off your parents man keep the pressure off your mama be proactive not just on the court but off the court do stuff around the house do stuff to help her it's gonna go a long way bro and get used to doing that because that's what life is about anyway yeah it's like more than just basketball stuff you know I tell them, you need to average three blocks this year. And then I tell them, man, make sure you get your work done. And please don't have your mama call them. They're going to call me, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, I'm a, they, they, you need to talk to them. Okay, I'm going to call them. Bro, right. what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not fussing. I'm giving you the real truth. Right. I got the blueprint. Enough dudes is yelling. You got coaches. You got your mama. You probably got your, you know, everybody. And I'm like, man, look, I ain't here for all that. Because... What I'm offering you is information and knowledge from some sh- some stuff I did for real. Real Jew. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've been through it. Like, you know, I've been through everything you're talking about, bro. You can't tell me nothing I ain't been through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Girls trying to be cool, fit in, party, peer pressure. You know what I mean? I'm like, I've been through all of that, bro. Like, just keep the pressure off your mama. Make it easier on yourself by being proactive on and off the court. And it's going to go a long way. These boys, I'm like, they got offers, like, of AU. That was kind of unheard of when I was growing up. You know right. what I mean? So, you know, man, it's just like, uh, I tell them that, man. I, I said, I got a quote CY gave to my little cousin. Well, he gave it to me the related message. You know, when he offered him, he said, listen, man. He said, you blessed. You in the ninth grade, you getting a lot of, a lot of attention. He said, don't worry about rankings. Don't worry about that. Because he was worried about it a little bit. Some of his homies had offers already. Like Lil Biscuit had the, got the Virginia Tech offer. He like, uh, Lil Cuz got the the Kansas offer. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So he like, damn, I'm playing with these dudes against me. He kind of started getting frustrated. So I would tell him, like, bro, don't worry about that. You know what I mean? So see why he gave He's like, look, tell him if you rank and you're the number one freshman in the nation, do you know what you get for that? He was like, huh? He was like, do you know what you get for being the number one freshman in the nation? He was like, nah, what? He was like, you get to be a sophomore. <laughs> right. You did nothing. Right. You got to stay locked in, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? That's why I thank God I got people like CY to help me with this because I've never, I haven't been dealing with AAU. You know right. what I mean? I done had like, I done trained kids and all that kind of stuff. Like kind of on some out of nowhere, like I might just be working on my, myself. And then, you know, like, yo, can you work him out? And I'll come, you know, I'll let him jump in or I'll go do something, depending on, you know, the kid. But, yeah, man, that's that's real. You know, just staying yeah. proactive, Stay humble, staying man. locked in. Yeah, man, for real, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah. Tell them. Like, yeah. 99% of them kids I've seen with that mentality, if they ain't playing the league, they played overseas for a long time. That's right. You know, I got a lot of homies that still playing with that mentality. That's right. Mm-hmm. Nah, man. Before before we let you go, just you know, you you mentioned earlier too, 
all the stuff you're doing in the community. That's a big part of mentoring kids, AUs, you know, staying in the community, mm-hmm. trying to help the community, help the kids. Mm-hmm. You got the, you got the uh, clothing line. I saw you had, you had a shirt, a good police shirt. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, I, I talked, shout out to my shout. Out, first of all, let me say shout out to Vina Vaughn, my manager and shout out to Mary Francis. Um, both of Mary Francis is my curator for my clothing company. She's out right. in LA. Venus here in Charlotte with me. And um they might, you know, they're the best employees somebody could ever have in life. You know what I mean? So uh basically with that Tito, uh I was talking to Mary, I was like, I like street signs. So like I think that the shirt already what it represents is we only respect the good police and we don't respect the bad ones right so it's not like f the police you know what i'm saying it's like f the bad police right the ones that's taking us out you know right. what i'm saying and she was like this is marriage she's like you sure you want to make i'm like yeah i'm aware <laughs> uh, you know what i'm saying like it's real right, right. i named it the good police t like it's right. not like i'm not saying f the police like it, it's real and people ask me about it and i explain it to them you know what i mean right. and it's one of my favorite shirts I want to do it in black, but she kind of don't. She kind of like, oh, you gotta do something else. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I might. Uh, no, I might. I might bring it back in black. But um, yeah, man. I mean, I made that tea like last year or something like that. Right. It's just mm-hmm. like it resonated. Like people started buying more because of the climate now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. But, oh, shit, I want one. Shout out to that sweater. Sense of Style dot com. OwnSenseOfStyle.com. Oh, own yeah, all one word. All one we got to rep that like sweater that. he has on, Ma. Word up. Yeah, man. Yeah, shout yeah, out to the yeah, homies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, shout out to the homies right here, man. I uh, I just ordered like two hoodies yesterday. I ordered some more stuff yesterday. And me and my, a few of my homies support their brand, man. Like my mm-hmm. man had the, uh, the hat and the shirt on yesterday. And, you know, I think it's important, man. I, obviously, you got guys like uh young mikey and some of yeah, these kids yeah. saying yo i might go to hampton i might go to yeah you know nc north carolina central or something like i'm like bro y'all got the talent yeah <laughs> the talent ain't going away it don't matter wh- wh- where you display that you know you're going scouts right. will be you know there right. scouts coming they'll, wherever you at they'll just add more they'll add more tv games that's yeah, all that's it that's you know, it more for black cops Shout yeah, out to Mod, man. Morehouse College, man. I yeah, gotta yeah. Shout out, man. For sure. We, shout out to Justo. Justo went to Morehouse. Shout out to Justo. We had Atope, Compton Magic, from the Compton Magic uh, on a couple weeks ago, or a week or, so, week or so ago, talking about Mikey and the yeah. and the impact that, 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 you know, him saying that he would go to uh, to an HBCU, that the impact yeah. that, that had. You, you feel that too? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, and I think, it, and shout out to him. He just moved down here to Char- uh, Concord, right. uh, Lake Norman. Right. He's going to be a Lake Norman Christian. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, shout out to his, uh, like, aunt, Shay Dawson with Overtime. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, it's just like, I think it's just him with that statement. Because, see, that's him. That's the kids watching. That's right. They know. They You, you can't dismiss them because they watching. You know what I'm saying? Like, this boy already got the mentality of a grown man saying stuff like that. Right. You know, he like, I right. know my work. That's why I like where we right. are with these kids. Cause I'm not, I, I'm big on education. Don't get me wrong. But it's to teach me how to learn 
versus just teaching me what you want me to know. That's pigeonholing right. kid people. You know what I'm saying? And kids seeing like, hey man, like Mike, you sitting back like, I can Why can't I get paid for me being famous? Just because I'm not a grown man, I'm 14. I'm famous because he is famous. So I'm like, absolutely. He should be getting paid off his brand now. Absolutely. What are we waiting on? Two point two point six million followers on on Instagram, son. Come on, man. <laughs> you can't tell me that I have to go to college to capitalize on who I am now today. You know what sir. I mean? Like now, the oh, other sir. side of that is obviously staying humble and, and doing it the right way. Right. But he should have something set up where he's making a lot of money off all of this, all all of his fan base and support. Right. He should be able to sell shirts, merch, clothes, all that. He should capitalize on that. Yeah. It don't matter how old he is. Yeah. So for him to say that, I'm like, he already thinking outside the box. You know what that's I mean? Right. So I can respect that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a whole. That's a whole nother podcast right there talking about yeah i know uh, man. What, 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 he should, what he should be able to do in the in the ncaa and all that stuff we, 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 i'm trying to tell you i'll be back anytime y'all want me back i'm coming back man yeah. am man we appreciate you brother bro real i appreciate talk. y'all dog real talk word up, real. You know, word up the, you know the me. word up the great anthony morrow charlotte legend yeah, former the sniper, the nba sniper, sniper <laughs> georgia tech product appreciate you man for joining us Thank and you, uh like Charlotte, said, stand up. <laughs> hey, you already know. Sell yes, more folk. Yes, sir. Up forever. Yes, sir. <laughs> Word up, man. Appreciate it. All right, Thank bro. You, brother. I Peace. appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. All right. Peace, King. Peace. So there it is. Uh, Anthony Morrow. Uh appreciate him coming on, dropping all kinds of jewels, really, on, on different on different topics. It's another good podcast in the books. Uh be sure to check us out. All over social media on Instagram at UpNextPod. Follow us. Follow uh, us. You know what I'm saying? Follow um, us. Follow us. Also on Twitter at UpNext underscore pod. And on on uh as far as the podcast goes, keep listening. Uh subscribe, tell a friend, um, rate, review, rate and review the show. Uh, that 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 gets uh, traffic going as far as the podcast goes, and, and we'll keep bringing you the heat, right? Yeah, we'll keep bringing you heat. We have more special guests coming up. They may be from the NBA, WNBA, right? MLB, NFL, or yeah. or your local uh, AAU program. We, we're gonna find you, and we're gonna uh, tap into who's coming up next in the sports world. No doubt, there's an unlimited pool, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, peace. Till until next time. Peace to everyone. This one is for the city. Let's show them how we rock. Coaches used to call my phone. What you doing? Just got home. Practice make them perfect. Perfect timing. Put me in my zone. Two, three, thirty-two. Thirty-three like thirty-two. Time to put on for your city when they never heard of you. Ball player. Ain't no watching from the side. Picking up them pieces, ain't no limits in the sky. Uh, said you got up next, but gon' show them why. Uh, one, two, that's a three. Now take your shot, ball player. Bishop Lachlan, purple and gold, that's a flex. Uh, Collie Green, got me a scally for he left. Uh, Joe Cat.